1: Jameis Winston returns to the Bucs. He's happy to be back, but is he happy to be a backup? Chris Conte, should he have played with a knee injury that landed him on injured reserve? We have that story. And will this injury mean something for this young secondary? Three rookies may have to start against the Chicago Bears. Meanwhile, the Tampa Bay Rays beat the Yankees in a long, excruciating game, 8-7, to to win their 88th game of the season. All that and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, if you're like me and you're sick and tired of paying those high electric bills, my last electric bill was way over $300. That's insane. Well, if you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar is a locally owned company. May Electric Solar is the safest solar available and does not use high voltage like many other companies. And May Electric Solar has... 25-year warranties on all equipment and labor. May Electric Solar uses only employees, no subcontractors ever, and it has a full showroom that you can see their products and they're open on the weekdays. Stop the insanity of -of out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% right now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Call them right now so you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019 call may electric solar at 727-819-2962 all right steve eyes at one buck place and it was a uh, festive occasion i guess you would say jamis winston was back in the building of course he came back on tuesday nobody was there except the coaches mostly and a few players and trainers he basically just had a workout with dave kennedy their strength and conditioning coach but um, he did uh, come back and meet all his teammates. They were happy to see him. And the first thing he said when he walked up to the podium and looked at us, he goes, uh, Did you miss me? <laughs> <laughs> and and to be honest with you, we kind of did. I mean, look, it, we, we won't go on and on about, you know, necessarily on this show, why Jameis was suspended for three games. Um, certainly he's had his issues off the field. And and those are well-documented, and we've done many, many shows on them. But I will say that the guy does have a certain aura about him and and a certain energy that just surrounds him. And and so from that standpoint, a couple of observations, which was, one, he really is glad to be back. You know, this is a guy – look, football players are creatures of habit to begin with, and other than, you know, the Clemson game, you know, one year where they suspended him for a half and then made it a whole game, um, you know, during his, his college career. He's, I'm sure he's never had, you know, the game taken away from him like this. So, you know, for three weeks now, you know, he's had to sit there and watch somebody else do his job and do it better than he's ever done it, throwing for 400 yards, you know, a game, uh, and go 2-1 and one and probably should have been 3-0. and zero. And so it's been, it's been sort of a weird deal. So you come back in the building, and I, I really do believe that he was just so happy to be back in his routine, um, because you know you have that taken away from you, and this is what you know. This is your football family, and they could have no contact in terms of with coaches. Uh, you know, really not supposed to have a lot of contact with players. Some of the text messages he sent out had to be approved by the NFL, so the Bucks would check with them to make sure that that was okay. Um, so there was a lot of restrictions and things, and uh, you know, but but it was just. It was different to see him walk in there um, and and talk about uh, about being back and what that meant to him and how excited he was about that. Now, you know, we have discussed this ad nauseum in terms of what are they going to do about quarterback on Sunday. And, and both Jameis and Ryan Fitzpatrick met with Dirk Cutter on Tuesday, and he informed them of what his plan is. Still not willing to make it public, but as I have said since last week, this is really not. Not a tough decision. This is the worst-kept secret in the NFL. They're starting Ryan Fitzpatrick. And if I'm wrong, I will happily eat as much crow as anybody wants to send my way. Well, the Wolf of Um, Winston will tell you it's different. Oh, man. Did you see that? What was Jason Whitlock drinking today? Jason Whitlock, if you didn't get a chance to see it, you can probably go on Twitter and call it up, did this thing, uh, the Wolf of Winston. So he did this scene, I guess, an adaptation, if you will, um, from the Leonardo DiCaprio character that he played in that movie. Today, I'm the Wolf of Winston Street. Mm. I'm caping up for Tampa Bay quarterback Jameis Winston. Sometime in the not-so-distant future, you're going to walk into a football stadium with a coordinator's playbook, and an NFL head coach is going to walk in with you with a brand new quarterback, a Porsche, who looks and plays like Jameis Winston. Big, voluptuous, cannon for an arm. And who are you going to be standing next to? Ryan Fitzpatrick, a disgusting Ivy leaguer hey. with a hundred days of razor stubble. Chill out, dog. That's who you're going to be standing next to. I guess the takeaway was they really think he really thinks Winston should play. Um, he's not alone, by the way. I watched Chris Carter on his show talk about how they need to play Winston. You got to get yourself a fall guy. But you know they had. Uh, and there's and there's a lot of people that feel that way. We've talked about it on this podcast. How, you know, in in many situations like this, your backup quarterback is your backup quarterback, and when your starter is able to play, then the guy goes back to being number two. The problem is the number two has thrown for 1,230 yards in three games, <laughs> and they're two and one, and should be three and zero to be honest with mm-hmm. you. Um, I really think they they gave that game away against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then the number of, of of turnovers, obviously, and protection breakdowns. Now you credit the Steelers for game planning some stuff and actually hitting the quarterback thirteen times, and that that was certainly was an issue, you know. But the way Fitzpatrick has played, everybody you know in that administration and 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 Cutter feel like you know he deserves the opportunity to play in in the Chicago game, and a big part of it is too is that they have not seen Jameis until today. Mm-hmm. This, by the way. You know, for Jameis, this is not a short week because it's really a short week for those guys who played on Sunday and don't have the full recovery time. It's only been forty something hours between the time they stopped playing on Monday night, early Tuesday, and then you know had to go to practice on Wednesday. So they had no physicality at all. It was sort of a glorified walkthrough, if you will. Um, that's get a that's really more... what the short week does: is you end up yeah. practicing less hard, so to speak. You, right? You, it's you recovery put the
0: time. In it's going to be more meetings and. You walk right. through stuff, but you're not getting the actual
1: reps you would Physi- in a normal week. That's right. You have to back off on the physicality part. Um, you still game plan. You still you still spend the mm-hmm. same time. It's still practice. You're not you're not taking away an actual practice, but but you can't do the same things physically. Um, sort of like when you have a Thursday night game, you know, leading up to that, mm-hmm. um, and you play on Sunday. They 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 virtually don't even put the pads on, you know, because there's no point in it. Because guys need all that time to recover, and really they're not even all the way back by Thursday. It's kind of that week. But, you know, in the, in the portion that we were able to watch, we're not allowed to report what we see, but that's okay because I didn't see anything. <laughs> so, I mean, it was 30 minutes of, okay, you take first team reps. Okay, now you take first team reps. Okay, now you t- – so, like, they structured it so that it was obvious that they were not going to show us anything. Like, you couldn't tell – like, sometimes you can go out there and say, oh, this guy's starting at this position because when they lined up, this is the way they went. You couldn't tell that anyway. And, you know, if I could, I couldn't tell you, but I would just tell you that there's, they should want this out. There was no, no obvious slant. But having said all that, we all, we absolutely believe, at least I do, uh, and, and it's not, it's an educated guess beyond that, um, that Jameis is not going to start. So, you know, the, 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 you sort of pose questions to him in, in a way that, uh, okay, so now if you don't play, <laughs> you know, um, sort of how would you feel about it? And, you know, here's what Jameis had to say, and I think if you listen to his answers um, when he talks about how, you know, how excited he is to be back and how his love goes beyond whether he's playing or not, you'll kind of get an indication, I think, of of him acknowledging that he won't be the starter this Sunday. Here's what Jameis Winston had to say. I'm I'm, I'm here to assist the best way I possibly can. You know, uh, my – my passion for this team, my love for this team, goes beyond of where I'm out there throwing the football for this team or not. You know, like I said, it's my first day back. Let me enjoy that before I start asking <laughs> any more questions about that, man. So we talked to a lot of Bucks players, and and they, you know, obviously welcomed Jameis back and said that it was great to have his his charisma. Chris Godwin said, you know, it's it's very infectious, and so, you know, just just his energy into the locker room. I mean, these guys have played three weeks; they're fairly. Pretty confident, but a lot of those guys are, you know, beat up. Again, you're coming in, you're a little blurry-eyed, and here's Jameis Winston with fresh legs and a fresh attitude and happy, happiest guy to be in the building. So I think that kind of lifts them a little bit. But one thing I will say is that Winston made really good use of his time away from from the team. Uh, this is interesting, you know, that he had this plan going into the suspension, and this sort of shows, you know, where he is at um, mentally and just how – how serious and how passionate he is about playing. I mean, you know the one the one thing that I think people may have missed with him coming out of Florida State because he had so, all these off field issues um, was that you know he loves football and when I when I say loves it like he he loves to practice he loves to to get better um, he spends time at it you know like the Johnny Manziel's and the people like that that have failed uh, and some some compared Winston to that and I don't think he had those issues but. You know, they, they weren't really football gym rats. They weren't guys that, that really loved to, to work at their craft all the time. where Jameis does. And th- to the extent that he could, um, he actually organized daily workouts. And they did these at Skyway Park in Tampa, if you know where that is off Memorial Causeway. Now, there's, a turf, there's like a turf field there you can kind of see from, from the Veterans Expressway as you go by. Um, but that's not where they practice. He they they had another field on grass where he had um, you know, NFL hash marks marked out. They didn't wanna you know, they didn't wanna risk injury and things playing on the artificial surface. And he got twenty five or so former NFL players and free agents. I mean, guys like Bernard Reedy, for example, who had been with the Bucs the last couple of years and got cut. Lewis Murphy, who's retired, came out for a couple of days. Um he said he got you know, he got players from Lakeland and Fort Lauderdale and all over the place and they would have a full day of you know and simulate as best they could what the Bucks' regular season schedule was this guy would have them you know meet in mornings and have meetings about what they were going to do um, they, they would go out there and do walkthroughs then they would have you know practice um, and right up until the, he would cater team meals For these guys, you know, he had coaches there like George Whitfield, who's the quarterback guru. That was sort of his guy that got him ready for the combine when he came out of uh, Florida State. I mean, it's really impressive to, to, you know, to think about sort of how he, you know, wanted to keep up the pace. And, you know, you do the physical stuff. I mean, you know, he would spend the time with his trainer and, um, you know, that that sort of thing. Otis Leverett is his uh, personal trainer that was out there but all the other stuff he did um was to keep him you know to keep him sharp to keep him in the same sort of rhythm that the bucks had and uh, you know I don't know I mean there's a there's a part of me that that is is, is impressed with just the detail that he went to to get this done well and
0: it, it's you know it shows i think it shows a little bit of of you know a maturity in him from maybe from when he came in the league of mm-hmm. you know just how serious he's taking this and and he's you know I, I think th- you know the part of it is is it's the attention to detail but it's also I want to be ready to you know I mean everyone thought come this week he was going to be jumping in and being the starter no, true you know, no one had really anticipated Ryan Fitzpatrick to do what he's done the first That's three a great weeks. great point so yeah. he wanted to be as ready physically and mentally for mm-hmm. you know week four because. You know, when he left, he had to assume that he was probably going to be starting this week in Chicago.
1: That's such a great point. Um, you know, he didn't know what he was coming back to. And, and we'll we'll play what he said about that. But uh, look, part of me thinks it's BS, to be honest with you. I mean, I hate I know guys are always confident in their player in their teammates, you know, and certainly Jameis is confident in in the weapons. And that's the that's the thing he mentioned. You'll hear him talk about here in just a minute. Um, you know why he thought Ryan Fitzpatrick would be successful, because of Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson and Chris Godwin and O.J. Howard and Cameron Newton and Adam Humphreys and you know so on and so on, uh, and, and that makes sense. And the offensive line, you know, which he mm-hmm. references, is, is is much better. And we saw how they how they played in the preseason, whether it was Jameis or Ryan Fitzpatrick or you know even Ryan Griffin, they they had a an amazing offense where. None of those three quarterbacks turned the ball over once. Um, you know, so it was really impressive. And, and so they had momentum. That, that was obvious. But when you looked at that schedule, even Jameis had to say, you know, come on, add New Orleans, home against the Super Bowl champions, and then a Monday night game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, three division champions. He had to think, you know, like the rest of us, hey, may, hopefully the season won't be over. You know, hopefully there will be something to salvage for me. Um, and I'll step in and, you know, and, and I'll be, out like you said, you know, he was preparing himself to play this week, um, if need be, and turns out they don't need him to, <laughs> but he's ready. Uh, and you know, here's, here's what Jameis Winston, uh, you know, cause I asked him, you know, there was a story about how he predicted this, how he saw Ryan Fitzpatrick being on fire. And, and I still, I'm not sure I completely buy that. Um, but this is Jameis trying to sell us on the fact that he knew that Fitzpatrick was going to have this sort of success with those receivers. Of course, you know. I mean, I practice with him every single day. You know, this guy hasn't been playing this league for 14 years uh, for for any reason. I mean, plus when you add the weapons that we have outside, when you add our intense, the hardest work in our building is the offensive line, and when they're protecting the way that they are. Uh, you you got you you can do nothing else but go out there and light it up, man. So I'm excited for uh, Fitz, uh, and I'm, I'm I'm excited as a whole, as a team. We're playing very good, and like I said, man, I'm happy to be back in the building, and we just got to keep it up. So you know this whole um, sort of game of uh, liars poker that they're playing with the quarterbacks, and other teams do this too. This is not unique to Dirk Cutter. I, I think it's silly. You know, teams are not going to be looking. You know, Mike Neggy from the Chicago Bears is not trying to find film of Jameis's workouts at Skyway Park. He's just not doing it. Okay, uh, you know. Yeah, but Dirk said he wanted out.
0: to see those tapes.
1: <laughs> I know he did. <laughs> Dirk was actually funny talking about that. I mean, he was like, "I expected you guys would be out there and you'd have video and the whole thing." Uh, a couple of us went out there, including me—a silly me. I talked to Jameis today, and I go, "Well." He, I said, I went out there looking for you. He goes, Oh, you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have been able to get in. I go, What do you mean? He goes, I, I see. I said, Well, first of all, I was looking on the turf field, and he goes, No, 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 we were on, we were on a grass field. I wasn't doing the turf thing. We had, you know, had the NFL hash marks, and then he said, But I also had security. <laughs> I hired security so that nobody could go back there. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it really was like a Bucks practice, <laughs> and then. That's when Dirk was like, um, you know, when he told us, well, you couldn't. And we said, well, we weren't allowed. We could only watch the first 30 minutes of stretching. And then they kicked us out. Yeah, I thought that um, was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, it was actually a nice a nice uh, back and forth. But, my, you know, the larger point is, like, like Mike Nagy's not looking to see how Jameis has been preparing these last three weeks. No, you know, he's got plenty of film to watch of him in this offense. He's got three years of it, okay? But I still, I mean, what they're looking at is they're not idiots. They know as most teams would know, that if you have a quarterback that leads the NFL in freaking yardage and and quarterback rating and all those categories, that mm, he's probably going to play this week. So, the, you know, it's the Bucks' offense that they're preparing for. And, you know, even to a larger point, I mean, and this is sort of how coaches think because Tony Dungy used to think this way, it's more about how they play. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. sort of like – okay, we know what we're going to get here. You know, we know their personnel. We know, you know, this is sort of what, you know, the down and distances is kind of the groupings they have. But more importantly, how is how are they going to attack our defense? In other words, we're going to impose our will on them. And so as, and when as you Nagy have Khalil Mack, you can. Exactly. And as Nagy said, it's like, hey, you know, whatever they do, that's fine. But it's more about us. And And in this case, it is more about the Bears' defense. The Bears' defense, folks, is now with that guy, Khalil Mack, who is running away with Defensive Player of the Year. To be um, running away with MVP at this point. He, yeah, that's true. <laughs> if um, we weren't for Patrick Mahomes and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick, exactly. It, that he, he he's clearly the best defensive player, maybe the best player overall. He's a game record. And the thing is, you, you you know, teams have to worry about their defense. I mean, it's it is so good right now. Um, Eddie Jackson at safety is amazing. They got good corners. Uh, their linebackers are active, and up front, you know, it, it's it's not just Cleo Mack. You know, they got plenty of other guys. So, you know, you really have to to be like in attack mode if you're the Bears and say we're coming after these guys. And we will get into the matchups tomorrow when we do our mailbag segment. Um, uh, before we do that, but you know, I, I'll just say that Dirk Cutter has got his hands full, and the problem is that they have now put on tape a very bad game against a 3-4 defense of the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they're going to play a 3-4 defense of the Chicago Bears. And the Steelers brought pressure from all these different angles, and they had a bunch of mental errors up front and a bunch of blocking snafus, and they got their quarterback hit 13 times. And if Khalil Mack is leading that charge, you can bet that that tape and it is, not, it is not a good thing for the, for the Bucks to have been exposed that way. So you know I, I'm sure you know this is the quintessential you know, nothing has to give here because you have a really good offense against a really, really good defense. And in my experience, Steve, and you, you can speak to this, I think that much like you know good pitching in, in the postseason can shut down a good offensive team, good defenses will take out a, a hot offense. It just will.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You know, if the offensive line makes the improvements and can give more protection to Ryan Fitzpatrick and or Jameis Winston, then a hot offense can continue.
1: No, they just have, I mean, they, they, I mean, they got to be on it though. I mean, it's, Well, they, they were know, exposed, but, but they,
0: they also, you know, themselves got to see where their problems are and they That's got a true. chance to fix it this week.
1: They do, they do, but they, yeah, they do. Um, if if they make any of those mistakes again, though, you know, it'll be a similar result. And and that's the thing, you know, you know, people have asked about this whole Winston versus, you know, versus Fitzpatrick, and and I mean, I would just say this: like, you know, Fitz is a guy with 14 years' experience that can beat you at the line of scrimmage with his with his recognition, um, you know, with getting the ball out of his hands, with throwing it to the right receiver, with being accurate. But he needs everything to go right around him. You know, Jameis' best plays for the last three years have been the ones that they can't script. They're scramble plays. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. he's able to extend stuff when it's not there, Mm -hmm. when the protection breaks down, when he has to get outside the pocket. Um, He can run around and he makes, you know, he makes wild plays. Now there are times when you go, hey, I really wish you wouldn't do that. Um, But you can't take that out of them. And, 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 you know, they've, they've benefited from a lot of those with Fitzpatrick, it has to be right. You know, you have, he's a pocket passer. He'll run when, when you know, he's in, they're in man coverage and they're backs to everybody and he can get five yards or 10 yards or a first down. He, he's very decisive that way, but he's not a scrambling quarterback and he's not a guy that throws on the run all that much. So, you know, it's, it's a different sort of requirement to protect him uh, than it even is for Winston. So in a game like this or against Pittsburgh, you know, those those throws, two of those throws were protection errors. Um, and, you know, they got right in, right in Fitzpatrick's face. I and mean, The one that he should have thrown out of the end zone, thrown it out of bounds when he saw the pressure coming instead of, you know, a pick six down there. Um, but having said all that, you know, it, it, it is one of those deals that if Jameis is playing in games like, like against Chicago, uh, he might be able to avoid... Uh, what would necessarily be a sack, much like Ben Roethlisberger did. I mean, you saw the Bucks get after him, and they sacked him maybe twice um, or three times, but then he also had some plays where he just, including the one he put the game away with, you know, they had Gerald McCoy wrapped around mm-hmm. his legs, he steps out of it, finds a receiver, first down, game over. Uh, and that's sort of the thing that Winston can do. He can break your heart that way. Um, you're not going to see that with Fitzpatrick. It's going to have to be clean. And it's going to be hard to play a clean game against the Chicago Bears with the noise, with everything that you're going to face up there uh, when you're on offense. So that'll be something to watch for. But, um, yeah, interesting, it's an interesting day at one-buck play, seeing Winston come back, seeing his teammates react to him, and sort of knowing that, you know, he's going to have to take a step back now. And there's still, as we've talked about, this natural divide with the bye week. You know, they'll reassess, see how things go against Chicago – see how Fitzpatrick plays. Um, but he seems willing to, to take his role. And uh, so far, so good. It was only, it's only one day. Another story that's interesting that broke. And according to my sources, Adam Shifter break the story. Looks like Chris Conte played with a torn PCL. That's his report. Anyway, that Chris Conte went out there on Monday night football with a, with at least, I guess a partial tear of his posterior cruciate ligament in his knee. Now, there's different severities of that, so I don't want I, you know, I'm not a doctor and I certainly never played with something like that. But I do know, for example, that Ronnie Barber in the Super Bowl year, you know, when he made the play of the franchise's history with the, you know, interception return for a touchdown in the NFC Championship game against the Eagles, he played that game and then the Super Bowl with a PCL injury, um, you know, partial tear, what have you. In fact, his, his leg is still messed up. He still can't bend it straight if you watch him walk. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's, not, it, it's painful, It's you know, and depending on the severity. Now, I've heard different versions of this, you know, on or off the record. I mean, it's just kind of like not everybody's agreeing with this report in terms of what the severity of his injury was. But to think that Conte went out there, you know, doctors clear these guys to play. He wanted to play, they, you know, they they would ask the player, you know, do you think you can gut it out? Conte said yes. And then at some point during that game, and I don't know if it was the stiff arm that he got from the from the tight end uh or a play after that, because he did come back after that play, um, that he aggravated the injury and in fact it landed him on injured reserve. So, you know, I mean Dirk Cutter was a little defensive about it, recognizing that he's a coach. And he doesn't get into the medical you know, explanation of every injury. Here's what Dirk Cutter had to say about Chris Conte playing on Monday Night Football. A guy's either cleared to play or he's not. And if he's cleared to play, he's cleared to play. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. I mean, I don't really know uh, to what extent. Chris did have, a, have a, a sore knee in my coach's brain, what exactly the, the medical report on that was. And uh, Chris worked hard to get back. And uh, you know, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. I mean, probably only God above can tell us. You know what what caused it in the end. I don't. I don't know the answer to that. But uh, it's unfortunate. I said. I said uh, to you guys yesterday, Monday. I guess it was, Tuesday, that uh, injuries are an unfortunate part. We hate to lose Chris. I mean, Chris is uh, playing good football for us, and. Uh, it's uh, unfortunate that we lost him. And, I mean, if I could predict how injuries occur, then I'd be living in Las Vegas instead of Tampa. So, you know, this is not uh, sort of how you draw it up, if you will. I mean, if you remember, they cut Keith Tandy at the, the final cutdown. That was the one big name that people recognize at the 53. And, and, you know, Tandy has moved on to the Atlanta Falcons who lost, who lost both safeties. You know, he's not coming back. And, and, and really what you have now With the loss of Vernon Hargraves, who played just the one game, went on IR with a shoulder injury, it's possible, I don't know about Hargraves, but it's possible, I'm told, that Conte may be a guy that's, you know, one of those two recalls from IR. It'll depend on how he heals. He can't come back for eight more weeks, so you're looking at week 12 before he could come back, but he might be a recall candidate. At any rate, what this means is all those rookies that they drafted, they're all starting, basically. I mean, you have a young, young secondary right now. You know, you got Brent Grimes who missed the first two games with a groin injury, and who knows how long he's going to hold up or how well he's going to play because he looked rusty as hell in, in the first game. And then you have, you know, all the other, all the other newbies. I mean, Justin Evans, who had an interception against Rossesberger, uh, is only in his second year. And, you know, and he's now one of the, one of the sage veterans back there. The other ones, you know, Carlton Davis drafted in the second round, had a hell of a game, I thought, against Antonio Brown for the most part. He's going to start. Then in the slot, you're going to have M.J. Stewart playing inside, uh, where Vernon Hargraves played, you know, both inside and outside. You're going to have him in the slot. And then your safety now is going to be Jordan Whitehead, I would think. You know, I mean, that that seems to be the way they would go. Uh, and, you know, Jordan's a, sort of a smaller guy, but he, he brings – you know, he, he knows how to tackle. He's that Aliquippa kid, you know, that um, is, is really athletic and really tough, sticks his nose in there. So, you know, they're, they're very, very young in the secondary. The good news is Mitch Trubitsky is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, watch, this will be the week that he, he just guns them down. But Trubitsky has – I mean, he has a new offense, right? And he's a young quarterback. He's only played, Steve – this is unbelievable to me. Trubitsky has only played – At the college and pro level, okay, because he started just one year at North Carolina. Mm -hmm. He's only played in like 28 games. Can you imagine that? I mean, most college guys play in 30 or 40 before they're out of college. He's played, including the NFL. This is his second season. He's played in a total at North Carolina and the NFL, like 27, 28 games. Wow. He's. I mean, he has no football experience, really. At, at at a high level, and he's in a new offense under Nagy, so he's he's swimming. I talked to a Chicago Tribune writer says and the guys, and even Trubisky we talked to, says you know yeah it's tough. It's like I'm I'm starting over again in some ways, but you know you chip away at it each week each week, um, and the problem has been, you know sort of he struggled against zone defenses, which the Bucks are you know play more than they do anything else. Um, you know he's doing a lot of pre snap stuff. And you can just see that he's kind of his head's kind of swimming. They've won games uh, against some lo- lower level competition. I mean, you know, teams like Arizona, who's horrible, uh, and it won close games. And of course, they blew the Packers game in Week One. That that was a devastating loss for them. Um, but after that, it's just been all defense. So you know, the Bucks, even being young back there, have a pretty good shot. I think of you know containing Trubitsky, getting after him a little bit. Um, so it's you know it's going to be a great defense against a really hot offense, and then on the other side of the ball, who knows what you get? So I know there's plenty of questions I've been getting them on Twitter about the Bucks. You can ask us about anything. We're going to have our popular mailbag segment tomorrow. We're going to do that early, so try to submit those in the morning if you can. Uh, you can do that by uh, sending your questions uh, on Twitter to us at at SportsDayTB SportsDayTB, or you can send it to me at NFL Stroud, uh, or my email address is rstroud at Tampa com, and it's not just the Bucks you can ask about. You can ask about your Tampa Bay Rays, who beat the Yankees 8-7. 88 wins, Steve, and, you know, I'm telling you, I think there's still something about 90. I'd like to see them get to 90. I think that would be a special season, but nobody had them winning 88. Oh, I think and, they're uh, definitely
0: trying for n- – I mean, even, even in uh, the Wednesday night's game, so the Yankees score three runs in the first inning, and you're kind of thinking, oh, all right – you know, I mean, the season's over. You've got nothing to play for. And the Rays came back and scored three in the bottom of the first. And it was a 3-3 game. And Tommy Pham, it's a home run to make it 4-3. Kind of a dreadful middle. I mean, from really the second inning till the eighth inning was kind of a dreadful game. A lot of pitchers, a lot of pitches, not much action. Yeah. Um, and then in the a eighth comeback in, by the Yankees. Well, the, the eighth inning, the Rays score four runs, which, you know, they were up 4-3. They score four to go up 8-3. And they needed all those because they end up winning 8-7 as Sergio Romo Struggled in the ninth, but the race did hold on.
1: That's big for them. And let me just say, man, I, I Tommy Fam, can't wait to see him have a full season with these guys, because he's been playing the whole time he's been here. He's been beat up, so to see him start out a season healthy, he's hit twenty home runs already. Twenty uh, one
0: tonight. Twenty one was the tonight, and it's now twenty eight straight games that he's been on base.
1: And the guy's a baller, mm-hmm. flat out gangster baller. Doesn't smile a lot. Serious all the time. <laughs> He's great, man. I think I mean he has a perfect temperament. You know, got a got a little joy bats in him. You know, a little <laughs> bit. I can't. I mean, I think they really got a steal there. I think they have a guy that that is just gonna, um, you know, be in the middle of their lineup, and he really can hit anywhere. But he's gonna wreak some havoc. You well, know, you, you, you gotta the like the outfield season.
0: next year of Fam Austin Meadows, who they got in the Chris Archer deal from Pittsburgh, Malik right. Smith, who has had a really good season, mm-hmm. and if he can stay healthy, Kevin Kiermaier.
1: Poor Kevin Kiermaier. Is this not the way every season should end for him or does end for him?
0: So, so in the uh, second inning, or I think it was, uh, Kevin Kiermaier takes a pitch off the foot and he plays about another inning or so, and then uh turns out he's got a hairline fracture in his foot. Ouch. And as my Ouch, wife texted me later when she saw the news, he's hurt again. And I texted <laughs> back, yep. And she said, is he made of glass? <laughs>
1: That's what everybody thinks I mean look uh, I, I it's tell me it's not really the first line on his Wikipedia page you know he was a great baseball player that was never was rarely healthy that, that could not play 150 games ever and his struggles this year physically I don't know how much of that affected him at the plate but he had there's nothing that Kevin Kiermeyer will look back this year fondly about other than going to the bank
0: once he got healthy I mean I think I, I think he came back very early from that injury and i think that if, and that's why his batting average was awful for a good part of. The, yeah. i mean the last three weeks or so he's really been hitting the ball better three to four weeks mm-hmm. um but yeah. yeah i mean and then this one today i mean he often gets criticized for maybe diving and plays he shouldn't and getting hurt and that this one was sure. you know you took a, a pitch off the foot what are you, you gonna can't do anything about it yeah i mean yeah. that one's no, nothing you can't put any blame on him for this one and and you know you love the way he hustles, but, you know, sometimes you want him to be smarter about things. But this one was, you know, got hit by Tanaka on the foot.
1: Kevin Kuremeier, there's no natural thing. Used to be a player, remember the quarterback Chris Chandler? Mm-hmm. Played for the Bucks for a while, played for a lot of teams, Colts and Atlanta Falcons Was played in the Super Bowl with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. He, he was uh, uh, one of those very oft-injured guys and got known as Chris Chandelier, <laughs> which I thought was one of the better – Sort of, uh, you know, play on words with his name for a guy that was fragile, but um, I can't think of anything with Kiermaier. Um, yeah, tough break for him. Tough year for him, man. You know, it has like he'll be he'll it. be waiting for
0: 2019 to start.
1: Oh, he yeah, he's ready now. And in fact, well, he's done with 2018. Well, he's not so. ready yet. He's got to heal that foot. But yeah, but I'm just saying, like <laughs> he you know playing more this year. No, Austin and, and Meadows, and Matt, by D- the Matt Duffy way.
0: left the game with uh, some quad tightness, but.
1: Yeah, that's another guy. Although, he, I mean, he's going to. Are they going to have close to three guys hitting 300? I mean, they had three the other day. But Joey Wendell
0: was at 300 going into the game. Yeah. Uh, Malik Smith and Matt Duffy are just below 300. Just below they were it, like 294, 295 ish still. Still,
1: man, that's incredible mm-hmm. to, have, to have that much production for those guys. And, and Duffy has been consistent from day one. I mean, he's been. Right around
0: that 300 mark all season He's probably their best pure hitter. No, he's not a power hitter at all. You're not going to get much power. And he went a long stretch there where all he was hitting was singles, not even doubles. Right. Um, But it's just as far as a pure stroke and hitter, he's probably the best one on the team.
1: Yeah. And Wendell, I mean, he should be a rookie of the year candidate for sure. Well, he's definitely a candidate. I don't think he'll win it. He's not going to win it, but, I mean. Mostly because he doesn't have the power
0: numbers, but.
1: Right. But, you know what he did? He had, like, I don't have it in front of me, right the other day, he hit, like, his 34th double or something like that.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look I mean, at his ranks in, among the rookies, American League rookies, and from average to hits to doubles to stolen bases, that he's top two in all those categories. Yeah. He just doesn't have the home runs.
1: Right. It's going to be interesting, man. they got a lot of middle infielders, dude. I mean – you know Robertson, you forget about him. He mm-hmm. he went out on the DL. He's going to be back next year. Of course, Willie Adamas. and, and
0: you got Christian Arroyo, who's been Arroyo. in the minors, and after, you know he was hurt for a good part of the
1: season too. Yeah, very interesting situation there. And then of course the outfield's going to be full as well. So we'll see if they can win ninety games. I was watching. Uh, boy, it's it's exciting. We're you know we're going to Chicago. For the Bucs game, and on Saturday, I'm going to see the, uh, the Cubs play the Cardinals, and it turns out that might be a really big game. Well, the Cubs um, clinched
0: a playoff berth, so they're in the playoffs. They did
1: tonight, as um, did the Milwaukee yes, Brewers. Yes,
0: the Brewers beating the Cardinals put both of them in, so the Cubs, That's I believe, correct. are a half game up at this point. They have a half game lead. Uh, in, for and the you NL know, Central title. Yeah. The Brewers yeah, got in for the chance. first time since 2011.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a chance at that, that Cardinals series we could see a, uh, a division-clinching game there is a, yes cool. there is yeah so i'm excited about that that was a wild game that one went i think 10 innings mm-hmm. they had a walk off yes um, they did they had a they had like a uh a six to four lead in the ninth with two outs and they wound up blowing that and then they had to go to the 10th inning and won it so that was exciting so some good baseball races here right down to the wire as far as wild cards and
0: yeah, I mean the National nope. League is where the action is at this point. I mean the American League. Sure. The only thing up for grabs is you know Yankees or A's. Who's going to have home field advantage for the wild card game? That's right. Uh, In mean, the National League, you still have the Rockies or a half game up on the Dodgers, I believe. Mm-hmm. After the Rockies, or I'm sorry, the Broncos shut out the Eagles fourteen nothing tonight. Right. That's what the Rockies beat the Phillies by fourteen nothing. But <laughs> <laughs> That's what I said it's a football score. It was I think it was That's the Broncos and Eagles.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that could could end up what it what it becomes. You you wonder, you wonder
0: if the Dodgers don't make the playoffs. If you Ooh. know Andrew Friedman and there could yeah. be some changes in L.A. I mean, for the amount Spend of money they've of money. been spending, they've made the playoffs yeah. the last few years,
1: but they haven't really done much there. And if they don't make it this year, yeah, that might be a problem because they're paying him a lot too, mm-hmm. and they have high expectations for that organization. So that'll be a, that'll be a story to watch. Joma, though, in the meantime, I think this is the fourth time the Cubs have gone to the playoffs all four years that he's been there. That sounds or about right. Or has been there five? Has been there four or five? I can't remember.
0: Well, this is Cash's fourth year, so it's got to be four years he's been up there. So yeah, I don't know if he made it his first year there or not.
1: I think I I think I think he, he might have. I think I heard this was the fourth consecutive season. He might okay. have been a wild card, he might not yeah. win the division.
0: Yeah, no I don't think yeah, I think they were a wild card if they would made it there. Yeah,
1: but they've they made the playoffs, so I think that's uh, that has not happened in in quite a while if ever. Uh, well, I wouldn't say ever, but but in quite a while with the Cubs making it that many years in a row. So uh good for him. It'll be fun it'll be fun to be at uh, Wrigley on Saturday. I'm looking forward to uh, to going to Chicago. Getting some cool weather. It's supposed to be like sixty-one degrees up there. Nice. Well, we got to you know, see if we got to awesome.
0: see if the the Tampa Bay area can go two and zero at Soldier Field this year. That's right. Since USF beat Illinois there a couple weeks ago.
1: <laughs> That's right. Lovey Smith, yeah, mm-hmm. in Illinois. I wonder if Lovey will come by the game on Sunday. Sneak into Soldier Field. What do you think? Um, who knows? I mean, I don't know
0: what their what Illinois schedule this weekend is, and you know he could go in disguise, and maybe wear a white beard or something. No. Uh, I I think that would be easy for him to do. (laughs)
1: That's what he's like, Papa Smurf or something. Every time I see him, he looks like he's incognito. (laughs) I don't understand what he's doing. What are you doing with that beard, Lovey? I mean, you shaved it for a while and then it came back. I don't know. It's just kind of strange. Anyway, um, make sure you get your uh, mailbag questions in our exciting mailbag topics tomorrow, as well as. Yeah, we're going to tape it
0: early on Thursday. We've got some scheduling issues, so get them in. So if you're uh, listening now, get it it in the first
1: thing in the morning. Submit your questions right away. We got some already, but uh, we certainly want your uh, your input on that and uh, want to make sure that you get back to us as as best you can. Again, Sports Day Tampa Bay, it's uh, at Sports Day TV or at NFL Stroud or rstroud at tampabay.com. And uh, remember to uh, call May Electric Solar if you want to save 90 to 95% off your electric bills call these people they're locally owned you get 25 year warranty on all their equipment and labor you can call them at 727-819-2862 may electric solar my thanks to steve versnick i'm rick stroud of the tampa bay times have a great day everybody